Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Welcome, Cove Church. My name is Dwayne. I get to be a pastor here. And today I want to share with you some from my experience, as well as just this promise that God gives in regards to forgiveness. We're going to talk about beginning to forgive. The day was October 10th, 2010, 10, 10, 10, a day for me and my bride, a great day of joy. It was a day that we got married and it represented so much to us among that deliverance from a life of bondage and sin. It represented things, great things that God was doing in our life, a new chapter It was beautiful. We set the whole wedding up as a tribute to God. We had a skit and we had a a testimony time and we just wanted to show our family what God was doing in our life. It was amazing. Powerful, powerful experience in my life. And I must say, it was a day that also for me represented way more than that. You know, I thought that me and Jasmine, we would then walk out into our future with Jesus without any problems in the world. (laughs) I thought that we would never disagree about anything. And I thought that Jasmine would always, (laughs) she would just always want to do whatever it was that I asked her to do, whether it was at home or in ministry. (laughs) You can pray for Jasmine. Truth be told, our wedding day, as beautiful and as special as it was, for me, it represented a day of expectations. Slowly, years would tick by. And and unmet expectations and disappointments and struggles would stack up. And this highlight reel that I once had of, of hopes and dreams of our future, it slowly turned into a bad video game that I would often play to to comfort my own discontentment. Needless to say, resentment, bitterness, anger, frustration, confusion, they all started to swarm as I lie in a bed of my own unforgiveness with poor Jasmine laying next to me as the object of my unforgiving affection. I'm telling you, pray for Jasmine. (laughs) I didn't see it coming. I, I never thought that it would come in so subtle. Snarky remarks coupled with an agitated tone, they, they started to show themselves frequently in our conversations. And before I knew it, I I began to drift from her. Conversations were limited. We we would talk about um, our our kids' school schedules and, and the kids and budgets and things that needed to be done, just checking off the list. And truth be told, there was nothing substantial for me to talk to her about. I didn't want to talk to her about my hurts. I didn't want to forgive or create space 
Or maybe I didn't even know how. Regardless, I was holding on to my own unforgiveness and imprisoned by my own desires. I was allowing it to shape my future and the shape of my future was looking pretty ugly. My friends, my family, the ones that I loved most, I was hurting the most. And I described this raw, real struggle to you, not so that you can have pity on me, <laughs> maybe on Jasmine. <laughs> and, and it's not so you can see me in public or at church and say, Pastor Dwayne, I'm praying for you. I understand and I'm praying, I, I appreciate the prayers. No, I'm sharing this because ultimately God showed up in my life. I believe there's power in testimony. And God showed up and he spoke to me about this. And it's, it's around this word that he gave me that I thought we could have a conversation. And so I want to share this word with you and I want to talk about this conversation, what it means to forgive so that we can all come together and begin to either forgive or to renew that forgiving spirit. And it starts with this one point, that forgiveness is a creation of the kingdom. We'll be in Matthew 18, 23 through 27. And it says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife, his children, and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. So the context of this, Peter had just asked Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive? And like Jesus often does, he, he kind of kicks off this kingdom of heaven is like, <laughs> he's talking about what it is when God's kingdom, how things should work, God's will and God's way. And it's with that that we're drawn to this ability of the king to fully cancel the debt of the servant. It's important we see this. In other words, he didn't tell the servant, hey, uh, you get a pass this time, but if I see you in the streets, you better have my money <laughs> or I'm coming to get it. He didn't say anything like that. He didn't say, give me a, a payment now and, and then we'll work something out later on. He didn't say that either. So in God's kingdom, forgiveness is a full cancellation of debt. It's not just nice words or feelings. And I think this is where it gets us. This is the hard part for us because it means forgiveness is a full-time job. It means that we show up daily to forgive. Even hour by hour or minute by minute, we have to choose it. It doesn't come naturally because our world, our desires, even the demons 
they'll all try to tell you at worst to take vengeance into your own hands. Get back at them. Or at best, you just kind of give them a pass. And so many times we live somewhere in the middle of that. This is not God's design for forgiveness. God created forgiveness to be a complete cancellation of debt. That's God's design. It's kind of like gravity. None of us argue with the fact that gravity is effective, a governing ordinance in our life. Uh, we can't argue with the fact that my feet are here on the ground and your feet are probably on the ground or, or maybe your butt's in the seat. Gravity just does that. Forgiveness is an equally important ordinance that should be governing our life. And yet, so often we act as if it doesn't exist. I was listening to a uh, podcast by Caroline Leaf. She's, uh, she's got a PhD in communication pathology, just really, really smart lady. She does a lot of work in neuroscience. She has a book called... Uh, detoxing your brain, I believe it's called. Um, and she was talking about this study that I believe was done out of Oregon State University. It's called the Blister Study. You should look it up. It's really great information. So what they did was they took these couples and these couples, they each were given a blister right on their hand. And what they did is they told these couples, hey, we want you to go in this room and we want you to argue. Argue about something you know you're going to argue about <laughs> and just act like you're at home and just let it go. And so they put all these couples in different rooms and they had so many different arguing styles, right? There was those that kind of landed in, in like wholeness and they were like, okay, I love you and, and full reconciliation. There were some that were just like, let's just agree to disagree. And then there were some that were really nasty, you know, <laughs> Uh, and so there was all that in between. And what they found um, is that so the body goes in three-week healing cycles. So in theory, a blister should take three weeks to heal. So what they found is those couples who at the bare minimum said, let's just agree to disagree, they came back in three weeks with no blisters on their hands. But those couples that... The, the conflict persisted outside of, of um, you know, there was no reconciliation of conflict. What they found, it's interesting, they found that the natural healing function of the body was decreased by sometimes more than 65%. That means that blisters lasted up to 12 weeks in some cases all because of unresolved conflict. Now, when we, we pull this into this idea of forgiveness, can you imagine the natural process of our body that unforgiveness has on us, the effect of unforgiveness on us? I mean, I think this is why so oftentimes Jesus would forgive sin and then healing would immediately happen. They're, they're closely related. And so with this, there's, there's a couple perspectives I want to see. We see that this is God's design. 
All right, we see that this is God's creation. There's two perspectives that the parable offers that are super important for this, all right? Number one, the servant did not understand the insurmountable amount of debt that he owed. The servant's debt was the equivalent to what is nowadays about $3.5 billion. $3.5 billion. That is 200,000 years of labor, that is 60 million working days. The servant would never have been able to pay that debt. Never. Why is that perspective important? It's important because this is the debt that we owed. We owed this debt to our father and we could never have paid it back. That's the first perspective. Here's the second perspective that the servant also did not understand the amazing ability of the king to forgive. I believe some of you need to hear this word, that, that the king's ability to forgive is greater than your ability to even forgive yourself. And you need to know that in God's kingdom, God moves first to forgive. He moves first. And the debt that you owed is fully canceled. So if he's not holding you accountable, then why are you holding yourself accountable? So uh, these perspectives are important when we recognize that God's design and his creation for forgiveness is, it, it's his. It's, it's his creation for forgiveness. It's not a world thing. It's not a me thing. It's his. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is forgiveness is the calling of the kingdom. Matthew 18, 28 through 31. It says, but when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. I believe that part of the reason why forgiveness is so important to God is because when it's done right, it points to God. When forgiveness is done right, it glorifies God. It affects other people. We see it here that the, the servants, they all said, this isn't right. He shouldn't be throwing this guy into prison when he was forgiven. And yet we have so many Bible-believing Christians proclaiming their faith in God and praising Him for His forgiveness and yet locking other people up in prison. We've all seen it. We've all seen this spirit, this attitude. We've seen the resentment and the bitterness that just leaks out of people. Look, Jesus said that those who are forgiven much love much. This is the call of those who follow him. 
This is the call for those who walk with Jesus. Full cancellation of debt. A friend of mine, I asked her if I could share her story. It's a powerful story. Can't get into all of it, but I want to hit some of the highlights. She, from a young age, my friend, she was given this word from God, a really young age, five, six, that she was going to be a chain breaker in her family. And I want all the youngsters seeing this message to hear this, that at your age, you can get a call from God. You can hear from God. I know this to be true. She was called to be a chain breaker in her family. As she kind of processed that, major abuse started to happen to her from friends of her family, from her family, and even from her father. And daddies should never touch their little girls like she was touched. From a young age, she recalls being in these uh, situations where she was suffering abuse and hearing this voice within her. A voice that would say, what is done in secret will be shouted from the mountaintops. Year after year goes by and there's no shouting happening. The abuse doesn't stop. It wasn't until her parents attended a spiritual warfare conference that dad had an encounter with God. And, and dad had confessed, in part, his crime. My friend said, as she's sitting there with mom and dad, she said, and just a little girl, <laughs> she says, finally, God has made known what was done in secret. To which her mom said, did you know that's a verse in the Bible? She said, no, I just know what he said to me. Eventually, over time, a, a full confession was made. Dad admitted to everything that he had done. The severity of it. To which the, the mother then asked her, what do you want to do with this? He should be in prison. Is that what you want? She said, no. She said that she wanted the curse to end with her. But if this happened to anyone else, then she would have him locked up. But she wasn't going to have him locked up as long as it ended with her. Out of this amazing situation of, of hurt and pain, her dad ended up coming to know Jesus. He gave his life to Jesus. And do you see how when we walk in our calling to forgive, that God can move the mountains that we can't? When I asked her, how, how could you look this man in the eyes every single day of your life? And she said, 
forgiveness, it's a daily decision. And even from a young age, she knew that if she did not forgive, she was leaving the door open for Satan. And she didn't want that to be a part of her. Not to mention that God gave her hope in the midst of her suffering. She just knew that forgiveness was a calling. <laughs> it was a calling in her life. And what about us? Do we share this calling? Are we walking in this? Because forgiveness is our kingdom calling. This is our, that's the second thing. Here's the third thing. That forgiveness is the currency of the kingdom. Matthew 18, 32 through 35 says, Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brothers or sisters from your heart. I find it interesting here that Jesus not only says in the parable how the, the king's response to the wicked servant he also gives the parable kind of a tagline at the very end. And he says, this is how my father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. It's like, in case you didn't get the story, here it is, plain and clear. Forgive and you're forgiven. You don't forgive, you're not forgiven. We must conclude that this exchange of forgiveness, this kingdom currency... It's, it's important to God. It matters to our Father. I believe, I believe that, you know, it's important to notice that forgiveness is God's creation and, and it's part of our calling. And I think that the currency piece is the piece that we struggle with the most. 100%. And I told you earlier that I had been given a, a word in regards to the story that I led off with and my struggle with forgiveness and forgiving jazz and, and that whole thing. And what God told me, he said that my inability to forgive was no fault of any offense done to me, but rather it came from my discontentment with his design for my life. I was taking claim to my life. This is the currency of the kingdom. That to live your life, you have to lose it. That if I'm taking ownership of the things that make me happy, then what am I doing with the things that God is asking me to do? In particular, forgiveness. I wasn't giving God my life. I wasn't yielding to his design for my life. And we can hear this sound of contentment and acceptance in, in those who forgive really, really well. In the life of my friend, she ended our conversation by saying, I don't believe in forgive and forget. We always remember our scars, but our scars can be the reminder of God's deliverance. 
Jesus, as he hung on the cross, he said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Joseph, when he was sold into slavery and he was confronted with his brothers, he said, What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Do you hear the acceptance of God's design in their life? Do you hear the contentment? There's so many other examples. And look, I, I don't want to pretend to know your experience. I, I just, I know the torture that it is to not forgive. And Jesus points to it in this parable. He says, he says that if you do not forgive, you're going to be handed over to the jailer. In the original language, the torturer. I was, uh, Jazz and I kind of laid out, actually my mom, she came over and set out the coloring for Easter eggs. And about Easter time, we were going to have an Easter egg hunt, me and Jade. And so we had a couple Easter egg hunts and it was fun. And then we were going to go out to eat that night. We left, <laughs> we left the eggs outside and my dog, Duke, just happened to eat every single one of those eggs. <laughs> We're talking like 12 eggs. And they're not just like hard-boiled eggs, which you know what that'll make a dog do, right? They're not just hard-boiled. They're partly rotten also. <laughs> and he eats them all. And, and so me and Jazz, we come home, we were like, oh, what are we going to be facing tonight? <laughs> uh, he might be kind of stinky tonight. And so <laughs> suspecting that he was going to be farty, we, uh, we ended up ignoring it. And so we ignored it. He went, slept in Delante's room like he always does. Next morning, I wake up and I come out of our room. And the smell, oh my gosh. The smell was like a sewage plant meets a cattle ranch meets stepping in dog poo poo. And there's a shut door in front of me. <laughs> so the door is shut and I could smell this nasty smell. And I poke my head in and it's, oh, oh, it's so bad. And my son is just sleeping there. <laughs> He's sleeping in his bed. And I look over and there's piles all over the place. The dog pooped everywhere in the room. And it wasn't just the poop. It was like an Easter egg hunt. There was like fuchsia colored poopoos and there was like green colored poopoos and different colors of blues and pinks. And it was beautiful, but it was stinky <laughs> and it was nasty. I bring this up because I think someone, some of us are locked in this stinky room and all we need to do is clean up the poop. <laughs> you, you may get your hands dirty. You might gag a little bit. I know I did. It was disgusting. <laughs> I joke, but that this is a very clear warning. For us to be forgiven such a great debt as our rebellion from God, the, the worst thoughts that you've had, the worst actions you've done, you've been fully canceled 
that debt. He fully canceled that debt. And for us to live in this space and choose not to forgive others, I believe that's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's demonic in nature. In conclusion, I think it's fair to question a lot of the things that I've talked about with you guys today. The nature of forgiveness, I mean, it's so subjective, right? Experience, different experiences and the way that they connect to different emotions. I get it. However, I would be remiss to not point to the authority in which this parable comes. This parable comes straight from the mouth of Jesus Christ. The embodiment of forgiveness. The, the one who stood silently, he didn't represent his case before Pilate, before the crowd screaming at him for his death. He, he's the, the one that was beaten and tortured and ultimately died on the cross to be, to have forgiveness be possible. He then went straight into hell to preach forgiveness to set free the captives. He's the one that didn't stay there. He rose again to prove that this message of forgiveness is true. And then he commissions his people, you and I, with this message of forgiveness, that God forgives sinners and the blood of Jesus can set you free to forgive other sinners. This is our call, church, and this is our time to begin to forgive. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com, or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.